coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. All those people were, they had their own issues, but you are the common denominator. So you have to look at, you know, what does it mean about me that I'm in these situations? And this is usually where that negative belief I'm worthless comes out from. And then through this healing, suddenly behavior changes organically. It's just, it's like flicking on a light switch and suddenly you're different because you're no longer operating under this shadow of I'm not good enough. You're now operating under this belief system that I am good enough. In fact, I'm, 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 I'm uniquely amazing. Everybody is amazing and I'm uniquely amazing. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Today on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Robert Grigori from Grigori Counseling. Robert is an expert in EMDR, which is a specific type of therapy that basically gets you over your own shit. He considers him an alchemist where instead of transferring copper into gold, he transforms his clients' worst fears and insecurities into their greatest strengths and wisdoms. So it was really interesting because we got into some things that I have even struggled with over the the course of my years. And we get into some of the the reasons why this happens. Different influences or or childhood events that stick with you and you don't even realize that these, these issues are still present and still affecting you today. But Robert does a great job of breaking down how the benefits of uh, EMDR can help impact pretty well any uh, anyone in life, but he likes to focus in on business owners and make them the best that they possibly can be. So uh, it was a really, really interesting episode. And actually, I'm going to hire Robert for his services so that, again, I can get over my own shit and make the best version of myself uh, to be able to be presented out into the world. So uh, without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode with Robert Grigori on Pass the Secret Sauce. What a cool question. Oh, I love that. That's an, okay, so I've got two answers for you on that one. Number one, (laughs) pretty often it was a TV tray in front of the TV you know, everybody's eating in silence, watching the the Jays game because I'm from Ontario originally, and and that was that was the most common dinner table. But then the other dinner table was when we finally did sit together. My my dad would would sit sort of at the head of the household table uh, position as kind of classical positioning, and then you know my mother would be sitting there. And it was just me, so I'm a, I'm only an only child. So oftentimes, 
it was just the three of us. But then because we also came from a small town, very, very small, like 1500 people, it was pretty easy to have family members come over and sit. So it was pretty often I had my cousin there, Ed, and then I also uh, often would have a friend over. So it was very, very fluid, but conversations were mostly about, you know, stuff. What, what happened in your day? How was school? You know, what what's going on? Nothing really too deep, emotionally speaking. Interesting. Interesting. So, so how do you, and we'll get into explaining what, what it is that you do in a second, but I'm curious to see what was it that, that really spawned the interest, I guess, in learning about these deeper ideas or these deeper healing concepts that you practice today when when did you when did you start developing that interest and was there some type of a catalyst that that you know happened that made you want to be able to get into that position yeah now that it's it's so there's so many layers really it's it really started with my own pain my own existential pain you know i I say pretty often that I, I grew up in a family household that had all the stuff. I had the car, I had the house, I had the clothes, I had the food. So we weren't really worried about money, but what I didn't have was emotional guidance. Nobody sat down and talked to me about emotions, how to have them. And something that's also, you know, kind of interesting was, was, you know, I, I grew up wanting to, to be a musician because I, I just I just loved Metallica. It was like my favorite band when I was when I was growing up. And but you know, I got I got often, you know, you have to be a lawyer, you have to be a doctor. That was that was my two options. And so there was always this internal struggle for me. And on top of that, without having the emotional guidance from my family and my parents, I was bullied all the time in school. I was overweight and I was called short fat with glasses. That was my my nickname. And so I, I sort of always had kind of I was like being prodded if you will and literally I was stabbed quite a few times with a pencil and a ruler when I was little by the same guy but it really I didn't even know that psychology existed until I was maybe 16 years old 17 years old and you know I stumbled upon my mom's she was in psychology as her undergrad Freud's interpretation of dreams book and I just didn't think much of it. And then, but I was carrying this in, intense pain all the time about my existence. I was just like, I had all the stuff, but I was unhappy mm -hmm. and I couldn't do what I wanted to do. I, you know, I couldn't run very fast. So I, I couldn't play sports very well. You know, I was picked last all the times, all the time in school for sports games. I just wasn't, I didn't really feel like I belonged anywhere. I was just this overweight fat kid and I felt truly worthless. And so I was in so much psychic pain. I would look at myself in the mirror growing up and I would beat myself up quite literally, leaving bruises and you know, scratches all over my body. And it was just, I hated myself. And then from that place, I developed different kinds of addictions, you know, became very early on with video games, TV, food, pop, stuff like that, pornography when I found it. And then I went off into university at my undergrad 
and I literally drank the first year away in my program and I needed to do that though and smoked a lot of pot and stuff and so my addictions end up becoming alcohol and drugs and sex and I still had those burning desires though I actually lost all the weight I got in great shape and I got you know lots of dating and relationships I, I got kind of that thing fixed for myself but and became the cool kid I had all the parties at my place but I still was unhappy and so I just couldn't figure out why am I so unhappy why why does life suck for me and I stumbled my way into existentialism and started asking those deeper questions about what's my purpose, you know, thinking about my death in the future or now, because you never know. And I started really thinking about why, why am I here? What am I going to do? Like, this is, there's got to be a reason for me. And I started falling in love with Viktor Frankl and man's thirst for meeting, meaning and, the, the different uh, greats of the existential world. And that was sort of the back door into psychology. I started, it was really about, it was selfish. It was me. I had to figure out me. And you ask a lot of, a lot of psychotherapists, that, that's usually the answer too. We're screwed up people. So I say that tongue in cheek, of course, we all, we all need help in different ways, but it was really about me needing, needing help for me. And then realized that, hey, I think actually everybody needs help. So this is kind of, that's kind of the way that I went into, into psychotherapy. Love it. I love it. And, and can you talk a little bit, explain a little bit about what you do? What, what is EMDR? Who, who can it help? Talk a little bit about, uh, about that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So EMDR stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. It's an accelerated form of neurological processing that takes, you know, years and years off, off of traditional therapy. And if you you can't even really compare it because traditional talk therapy works mostly in the left side of the brain. So you can develop amazing coping skills and strategies and understand yourself and get gross self-awareness, which is all really important things. And then you can still suffer though. Like I I had a psychotherapist for years and years and years and years. And immediately after our sessions, I go straight to the bar. (laughs) So it's, it's, so EMDR works on both sides of the brain and it eliminates the root causes for our current symptoms. And that can be held in neurological pathways in the brain. It could be held in, in the body. It could be held in the spiritual sphere. If you believe in that, it's just, it's a, it's a completely all-encompassing approach that looks extremely weird, but it works. And by weird, I mean a therapist is waving their hand back and forth in front of your face and you're following it. And then suddenly you're not feeling any distress or tapping on your knees back and forth. So it's accessing both sides of the brain back and forth. It can help just about anybody really. And, and you know, the, the, the question really to ask is, who can't EMDR help, right? Mm-hmm. And, and there's almost really nobody. It's, it's, it's that all encompassing that it can, it's, it really, it's a one size fits all approach for people, but everybody's unique. And so it's gonna look different for everybody. And then how each therapist works, there's a standard sort of EMDR, EMDR protocol, but each therapist comes with their own unique approach to therapy 
-hmm. And so it's, it's a, it's, it's a huge topic, but classically EMDR was developed for war veterans from uh, Vietnam. And then it was just adapted to work with anybody. So it can work with children. It can work with, you know, couples, it can work with families. It can, we can help anybody. I've worked with CEOs, celebrities, professional athletes, to people that were in poverty in, you know, in, also in school, to students. It's, it's, it just really, there's no, it's hard to put it into a box, mm -hmm. but it's, it's extremely powerful. It's extremely effective. And yeah, I, it's changed so many people's lives and myself included. Yeah. So can, can you paint a picture of what this looks like? You, you know, you mentioned there's waving in front of your face, so there's tapping on the knees. So obviously, you know, when, when I think of going and getting some type of, you know, psychological care, you know, I'm laying on the couch and being asked questions. So that's, that's what comes to my mind. What does this look like? What, you know, paint the picture of what, what this process looks like. Yeah. So that's the classical cycle analytical approach where your client would be laying on the and usually called a patient in that in that format and then the psychiatrist is sitting kind of behind them and eating a whopper i'm just kidding <laughs> no but the, so you could be laying i do i do work sometimes with people laying down that's for kind of different reasons but prototypically the client will be sitting up and the therapist is just in front of the of the client but just off to the side Mm -hmm. And classically, the client would be following my hand back and forth. And it looks really silly, but it really, it, it has an incredible relaxing effect on the brain. And so it lets go of what it is that you're, that you're struggling with. And it can be done by tapping as well. And these days, there's a lot more things going on online. So mm -hmm. these days, you could just follow a ball back and forth in front of the screen and just watch it with your eyes back and forth. And lo and behold, before you know it, you're feeling much better. So, so is there like any type of questioning or, or correspondence back and forth between the therapist and, and the patient at, at that question. point? You know, so you're, you're like drawing this, this ball or this tension out or whatever it is that, you know, you're trying to extract? Good question. Yeah. So the, the therapist is trained to, to go deep. And again, this is where therapists kind of differ a little bit. It depends on quite honestly, how much inner work, how much spiritual development or how much personal development has the therapist done themselves to be able to ask those deeper questions. But you're going to be asked simple questions to identify the root belief system that a, let's say, uh, we were talking about a bit before we went on domestic violence. So imagine, you know, that you're in a domestic violence situation and you know there if you're the survivor of this situation you might be asked you know what does it mean about you to be yelled at like that and then the therapist will identify that negative belief the person has and maybe it's i deserve it or i'm i'm, I'm worthless and so that's why i'm here i'm lucky to have this like these are all things that clients have said to me and that elicits a feeling inside the person and there's going to be shame probably their emotions uh, like anger maybe, maybe rage or sadness or something like that and then there's a distress level attached to that belief system and this is only one little target so we'll do like you know the last time your partner yelled at you 
And so you'll imagine that sort of scene, all those questions are just asked. And then also, what do you want to believe about yourself instead, which would be something like, I am worth it. I am, I am good enough. I'm worthy of love regardless. And there's a, it's going to feel at this point, not really true. Your head wants to believe it. Like, Oh, I, you know, I'm, I've got 20 good friends that I see on a regular basis. So I know that I'm worth it, but on, on the heart level, I don't actually feel it. So then that's, that's the bulk of the questioning. It's just to set up the, the scene, the target so that we can kind of work now. What then happens is the weird looking, what's called bilateral stimulation. And then the client will just be led by themselves organically to just let the mind go wherever it needs to go. Then the therapist will check in after about 25 seconds or so, depending on what specific type of EMDR processing that they're, that they're doing. And at that point, the therapist asks, so what do you notice now or what's coming up for you now? And, you, and the client just says very basic information. And this is the cool part that a lot of people love about EMDR, not just that it has amazing results, but it's, we also call it secret therapy. Virtus Technology is a custom business software solution provider. Are you tired of manual entry into an old system that creates more work than it helps? Does your company suffer from constant pain and frustration around its business processes? Do you spend a lot of time and money trying to hunt information down or figure out what is happening in your business? Virtus Technology can help solve all of this. We evaluate your current processes and then create custom software or mobile apps to automate and streamline your business process, eliminating a lot of those pains and frustrations. Unlike other systems, our goal is to digitize your current processes and systems so that your staff's learning curve is very small. If you're ready to take your business operations to the next level, give Virtus Technology a call today. So it's, <laughs> it's like past the secret therapy, right? Yes, there you um, go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the, we say this because the therapist only really has to know, you know, are you feeling better, worse, or the same? It's a positive, negative, neutral. And because the, what the goal is is to, to not allow or not really um, promote the left brain as much because the right side of the brain is where all the trauma is stored, okay. right? So we do very little talking and we just kind of the main thing that we're noticing, the main thing that stands out to the client. And then we just say, okay, go with that. And we allow the client's brain to just make all the connections that it needs to in order to heal. And the, each, each, this is the cool, the, one of the most amazing parts about the human brain to me is that it's literally designed to heal just like any other part of your body. You break your leg, it's designed to heal. It wants to heal. You have to set it properly with the right position, of course, but it's going to heal on its own. Same thing with EMDR, it, your brain wants to heal. So this is very, very, very different than talk therapy where, you know, you'll, you'll talk about that particular scene and like what happened there, tell me what happened next. And then what, what does that remind you of anything in the past? And then kind of continuing to question the client and in that way you have no idea really where that those questions are going to lead that person and 
this is unfortunately the case when you're working with trauma specifically you can re-traumatize the person mm -hmm. so it's 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 an, that's what i was saying when i was at my my therapist uh which i love like he's such a great guy and just so many good things about the relationship but i would immediately go drink myself into numbness because yeah. i was so distressed by what came up in session so i wasn't really processing anything yeah interesting interesting so do you find that you mentioned a few minutes ago about how take a like a domestic violence type situation and the person I, I guess i don't know if this is the right way to be able to say this but they they basically bring it upon themselves more or less do you find that someone who i guess is in this situation is attracted to those types of situations because of some past trauma or some past things that they've that they've experienced that you know they would unknowingly walk into those types of situations is that is that common or is that oh, such a deep question yeah <laughs> good, good question man that is so to answer that question let me pause here because I, I i don't want to say the wrong thing when somebody gets involved in a domestic violence type relationship they are missing some key red flags about this relationship right and with those <laughs> the, the the blindness that the person has with those red flags is often because of earlier life experiences where they thought that you know this type of behavior was acceptable for them so taking that domestic violence type scene scenario if you're called you know you worthless piece of blank if a person puts up with that they're allowing that behavior to continue. Mm -hmm. Now, I like to, you know, I've got so much love for for people in these situations because they they need to understand that this is not your fault mm -hmm. because you grew up with circumstances and you had certain life experiences that led you to believe that this was true that you are in fact worthless and you do not deserve something better. Mm -hmm. So you put up with this crap for so long and then eventually hopefully there's some kind of an awakening moment which actually happened to me i was a survivor of domestic violence and i had a wake-up call with my partner and it, it caused me to really think about this is not how i want to live the rest of my life i actually don't deserve this this is not okay and then that started the the the, the ball rolling for my particular healing around my worth mm -hmm. but to go even deeper on that, you know, where are the origins of that person's path that le leads them into this domestic violent type relationship? Number one, it goes back to the parents. It's always the parents, guys. It's always mm -hmm. the parents, 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 parents. It's a cliche, man, but it's so true. Your parents had belief systems passed down to them from their parents and their parents' parents and so on and ways of behaving in the world. And I do truly believe that in most cases, parents try to do a little bit better than their parents. I think it's a natural evolution, but doesn't mean that that child, you, gets a great life because, you know, okay, so I, you know, I didn't 
sexually abuse my children. I just yelled at them every single day. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, that's an improvement, but it's still not great, right? So there's still there's still trauma that happens from for that person. And I'm also now doing work which is going even deeper. And so this is where some listeners are gonna go, wow, that's cool. And some are gonna go, what? This is ridiculous, hokey pokey stuff. But I'm now I believe in multiple lives that we've had multiple experiences prior to this life and our particular soul has to learn lessons in order to grow an empathy for others and for yourself and so then you put so then your soul may put people in these uh, situations so that they learn a lesson and ah <laughs> yeah. interesting it's, it's a little bit, you know, there, you're not going to really find that in very many psychology books. But I mean, you think about the name, the word psychology was the study of the soul. So that's where the origins of that came from. Eventually, through what my clients get after working with me, which is very rapid results, we're talking days, three days is sort of the average for me that person in the domestic violence situation is going to come to the belief that actually I am worth it. Mm -hmm. Okay, just thinking about a, a recent client of mine who who was in Syria. This is this is how you can notice it for yourself, guys. If you are in patterns and you keep repeating the same pattern, you keep going out with the same person, you keep marrying the same person, and you just it's it's a repeating pattern. Well, the common denominator is you, right? Yes, those all those people were you know they they had their own issues, but you are the common denominator. So you have to look at, you know, what does it mean about me that I'm in these situations? And this is usually where that negative belief I'm worthless comes out from. And then through this healing, suddenly behavior changes organically. It's just, it's like flicking on a light switch and suddenly you're different because you're no longer operating under this shadow of I'm not good enough you're now operating under this belief system that I am good enough. In fact, I'm, 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 I'm uniquely amazing. Everybody is amazing and I'm uniquely amazing. And that's such a powerful place to, to go. So that's kind of uh, does that kind of answer the question in a long winded way? <laughs> it does. It does. And, and, and I, I think, I think I, I also just want to mention too, and, and you'll get clarification on this. You obviously, I went to a, more of a negative type situation and a negative problem, but I can imagine that there could be perceived positives, you know, fr from an external person looking in, looking at somebody else, but, you know, maybe, maybe that person is, you know, the, the actual, the patient, you know, is very anxious or has a lot of anxiety about, you know, something that they've done or keep repeating, keep doing. You know, so I imagine it's probably very similar, you know, situations, you even more on a, I don't want to call it a positive because, you know, it is obviously bothering the person, but, but it doesn't necessarily have to be such a, you know, a, um, you know, a, a negative situation either. Yeah. And, and this, this is, this is something that's really important, Matt, uh, is that, you know, for the, for the individual, obviously 100%, this is an awful experience, you know, because you're in it, you're in the weeds. It like, you feel like you're drowning. It's a terrible experience for the, for the individual in the moment. But what happens after you heal that is you now transcend to a whole new level 
of being. And then you look back at this, this happens every single time with my clients. They look back at those experiences and you know what? There was incredible lessons that they learned out of them. So it's almost like if we can zoom out, this is why I look at this really soulful deep level. If you can zoom out and look at this person's soul line of this lifetime, all the lessons that they've been learning, you know, there's a saying out there and it's true, life happens for you, not to you. So in your greater perspective of life, you are learning all these fantastic lessons because then when you do all the healing, then you get to share the lessons that you've learned with the world. And this is when you can create, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you create incredible businesses that actually change the world, that actually bring so much beauty into this world because you know the pain that people are in so that you can actually, you can go as so deep into that pain because you know it intimately and you're not bothered by it anymore. You can then look at it objectively and you can help people. Or if you're you know, the CEO, then you are this person that can operate that particular mission at the helm as your best self without having to worry about negative beliefs, like I'm not good enough, I'm gonna fail, they're not gonna, they're gonna fire me this next quarter. You don't have to worry about that stuff. You just get to be you. And similarly with artists, because I'm, I'm, I'm moving quite, a bit into more working more with the creative individuals like artists and actors and, and, and uh, musicians, but you create from this incredible place of love instead of the pain. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good, sad song, you yeah. know, just like anybody <laughs> else. But when I see an artist, uh, Jim Carrey is a great example of this as somebody that started as one thing and then grows into this other incredible transcendent, type person that now has a spiritual message to share to the world. Mm -hmm. And that's what I look at. All pain that we experience is an opportunity for us to grow our spiritual mission. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I, yeah, I, I, I really, this is, this is so fascinating and I can think of, you know, so many different avenues to be able to take this. Can you maybe give some other advice and tips on what to look for? You, you mentioned a few minutes ago about, you know, the repeating cycles and all of that. Is there any other tips that you can put out there that, that people might be able to identify with that say, hey, you know what, maybe, you know, maybe I am suffering from, from something here. Is there any, anything you can add there? Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if you can do this uh, on with the show notes, but I can I can share a PDF of mm -hmm. of some different negative beliefs, and this is not exhaustive, but I think there's probably like fifty or sixty of them on there. But if you if anybody is experiencing any kind of distress, right, and and then if you break your leg, that's that's a very physical distress. Like, mm -hmm. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you're you, you see these patterns repeating, 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 like boss keeps yelling at you or you keep yelling at your kids or you know you keep you know waiting to come home later and later and later or you're drinking too much on the weekends there's all different types any anything that's happening to you look at the sheet and take a look at the, all these negative beliefs and let's you have to this is the thing you have to actually trust yourself to and, and allow yourself to be a little bit vulnerable with yourself here because the easiest thing that the brain can do is to just push it away. I'm not looking at that. Yeah, that's not but this is, this is like, this is, you know that there's a problem now. You know that I'm feeling pain and you want to change. Look at this PDF 
and look at all the different negative beliefs and any of them that particularly light you up. And I mean that like you feel it somewhere in the body mm -hmm. or you know, oh, that one's important. That's important. Circle that and put that on a sheet for you, you to, to, to take to an EMDR therapist. And that's going to help you tremendously because these, all of the pain that we keep repeating the pattern, they're held within neurological sequences in the brain. And when you think about, you know, let's say the word like I'm bad, that, that's the belief that keeps coming up. Your brain doesn't just think about that one experience that you just had on Tuesday that made you feel bad, that you were bad. Mm -hmm. It's attached to an entire lifetime of different experiences that made you also feel bad. And they may be very, very different. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, you doing something malicious to somebody else. It could be a parent calling you bad. It could be a teacher, you know, marking an F on your, your, uh, your assignment and then making you speak in front of the, the class and then humiliating you. There's so many different things, but take a look at those, that PDF, notice which ones you're feeling and that's, that's a really good first step for you to kind of acknowledge, okay, here's, here's my problem area. Mm -hmm. And that's like it, fixing anything. You got to know what the problem areas are before you can fix it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And, and so is, can EMDR be done remotely uh, or is it more of a in-person type treatment? Yeah, so I used to believe that in-person was the only way to do this. And I, but I've also been doing EMDR online for years, actually, to this point. And, and I'm really under, it's the depth that the therapist can take you in, right? Because the container for which the therapeutic process occurs, it doesn't have to be person in person just a few feet away like it can it can happen over large distances there is something of course a little bit special about being able to you know reach out and touch your therapist in an appropriate way <clears throat> right but there is still an incredible amount of trans transformation that can happen by looking at only this much of you i'm you know your head shoulders up to your head and that's enough so Distance should not be a deterrent to the treatment. Interesting. And, and if someone wanted to seek out an EMDR practitioner, are there anything, is there anything that you can suggest that they should look for or tips on finding a, a good one? Yeah, totally. I actually have a book called You Need Therapy, tongue in cheek, because I think everybody needs therapy. <laughs> but it is, the book serves a couple purposes. It's, it's to give people a, an overall view of trauma and what's actually happening in the brain and and you know what's going on when you're seeing those patterns and it also at the back of the book I provide some tips for finding an EMDR therapist the best and easiest way to do that is to go on to the EMDR International Association's website which is mdria.org I'm sure you'll have that in the show notes for people too it'd be great yep. there you just type in your location and bam you're going to get therapists that are on the registry. There's a couple of different ones as well. There's, if you're in Canada, like I am, emdrcanada.org, there's a, a European denomination, that denomination isn't the right word, designation or organization, let's just call it that. 
And then there's, there's also EMDR 2.0, which is actually what I do, which is a little bit slightly different than the standard EMDR, which probably don't have time to get into at this point, but there's so much work that can be done from any of these people. If you just go on to EMDR International Association, emdria.org, you're going to be able to see a therapist. And the, there's a different, there's a couple of different uh, levels of therapist training, which is also important to look for. You've got a basic, basic trained therapist, which means that they've gone through the initial training of, of EMDR. They, like, they know how to do some basic stuff with EMDR, which is better than nothing. We all start that way. And then you'll see certified EMDR therapist, approved EMDR consultant, and so on and so forth. You see more and more, you know, sort of accolades at the end of their name. Got it. Got it. Excellent. And, and if someone wanted to reach out and get in contact with you, what would you uh, suggest the best, best way to be able to do that would be? Yeah, I would love that. I'm, I welcome all, you know, to shoot me a message. We can talk a little bit and you can go right to my website, grigorcounseling.com. And that's with two L's because I'm in Canada and that's the easiest way. I'm also on Instagram as Grigor Counseling, Facebook, Grigor Counseling, and Twitter, Info Grigor. And LinkedIn is just my name. Yeah, fantastic. This is this is really really interesting. Like I said, I mean, this is this is something that I'm absolutely fascinated in. And I, I I we could go on forever and ever, you know, talking about different uh, different topics here. So perhaps eventually we can have you back on the show again, and we can uh, dive in deeper into uh, you know some specific things. So I think that'd be a I lot of fun. That. Yeah. No, this is this is great. This is really really interesting. Thank you, Robert. My pleasure. And I. It's- just been a great time chatting with you and and also for the listeners too that like I, I'm literally I might be in your ears right now on headphones or I'm in your car or wherever you listen so I just appreciate you thank you so much for for taking the time and if you made it this far in the episode it means you're actually interested in healing yourself right so thank you so much we all should be we courage, all should be right <laughs> right this is this takes some courage and you're gonna love 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 yourself so much for making the choice if you choose to do this type of work I love it. I love it. No, this is fantastic. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.